Corey Seager's greatness is reaching unbelievable heights, and we should be lucky that we live in the same world as this baseball juggernaut. Talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. Your Rangers are 72 and 48, alone atop the AL West with a three and a half game lead over those stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment any single thing below. Now, the Rangers last night beat down the hapless, hopeless, very sad, no good Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California. You, you know you know the whole deal. And 7-3 to three was the final score. And that's a, a fine indication of, of a baseball game. But the real indication is Corey Seager just going absolutely nuclear, like he has done for the entire month of August, like he has done for the entire second half, like he has done for the entire freaking season. This guy is just on another otherworldly level. He had five RBIs in this one, three-hit game, including two home runs, his 21st and 22nd of the season. He is now tied with Josh Young with second in this team in home runs. And the numbers he's on pace for, if this guy was healthy all season, he would be about on pace for an Aaron Judge-like season and A-Rod at his peak type season, an Adrian Beltre, a Josh Hamilton MVP type season. This is what his numbers would be if he played 154 games. Right now he's played 77. So just doubling that, say he missed you know eight games for a, over the course of a full season. He's on pace for 44 home runs. 218 hits, 64 doubles, which would beat Michael Young's franchise record by 12. He'd be on pace for a 10 baseball reference for season, which is about what Aaron Judge did last year when he set the single season home run record for the American League. And uh, yeah, it would outpace A-Rod's best season in Texas, which he had several MVP, three MVP caliber seasons. And then Josh Hamilton, who also had an MVP season, that would that 10 baseball reference for would be by far the best in Texas Rangers franchise history. I think the best is, yeah, 8.8 by Alex Rodriguez in 2002. Next best, 8.7 by Josh Hamilton. So this is the kind of numbers that Corey Seager is putting up. And oh, by the way, he's a freaking shortstop and a pretty decent one at that. In the last 30 games, that's 122 at-bats. He's got 12 home runs, a slash line of 361, 410, 754. That three four five, except it's three four seven, and you go to the whole season, the whole season of what he's done so far: three hundred and eleven at bats, twenty two home runs, seventy three RBIs, hundred and nine hits, three fifty average, four ten on base, one thousand and seventy six OPS. That one thousand and seventy six OPS leads all of baseball if he gets enough plate appearances to qualify for the league leaders, which 
I'm not entirely sure that he will, but I don't really care at this point whether he qualifies as a league leader or whatever. He he's leading the league in kicking butt and taking names and destroying every single baseball he sees. I mean, the guy is just unfathomably good right now. He is so incredibly good and he just keeps getting better every time I think up. Oh, okay, this is this is the peak of Corey Seager's powers. I mean, when he's in a playoff chase, when he's in the playoffs, we, we saw what he did in those games at the World Series at Globe Life Field. We saw what he did in the NLCS at Globe Life Field. We saw what he has done in the playoffs for his career. And, I mean, the guy is just on another level. When the Rangers signed him a couple of years ago, I thought, huh, I can't believe the Rangers got a guy of this caliber. And he, he, we know he loves hitting in Globe Life Field, but, I mean, he really really loves hitting in globe life field in 124 games he has 38 home runs 38 home runs in 124 games this slash line uh is not including today's game before this at globe life field for his major league career slashing 310 384 613 a 996 ops for his career at this globe life field the, the deal with him last year is his home road splits were very drastic, and it was pretty telling. He had a 901 OPS in 76 games at home, and last year on the road, he had a 645 OPS in 330 plate appearances on the road. So, I mean, it was just a stark difference. This year, he is at a, a little bit of a gulf, about a 221 point gulf in his home and away splits, but his away OPS this year is 931 and his OPS at home this year is 1152. He has done it every single month. He has continued to get better. He has an OPS over a thousand every single month outside of that uh, terrible May where he played 13 games and an eight, only an 887 OPS. Ugh, paltry, plebeian, just uh, unfathomably bad. No, I mean, this is the level of Corey Seager just keeps getting better in the month of June. He had a 1064 OPS. The month of July had an 1128 OPS. And then the month of August in 11 games, he's got seven home runs and a 1246 OPS. That's seven home runs in 11 games in August. This guy turns it up when the heat is highest and when the pressure is the highest against the good pitchers, against the bad pitchers, against the medium pitchers, against the literally everybody. This guy is just an absolute destroyer of baseballs. I've been replaying through this game, uh, this video game called Horizon Forbidden West. If you don't know much about it, bear with me. This is, this is an apt analogy. It's it's set in the future, in a dystopian future, where robots have destroyed the world. The, the humans just created these robots that were just too powerful. They couldn't stop them. And, you know, long story short, they ended up, you know, surviving, uh, creating the, the rest of the human race. But uh, they did wipe out life on Earth before they were able to recreate it. And those robots that destroy the world that were just too powerful to be stopped, that's what I think of as Corey Seager. The guy is a baseball robot. He is not the most in-your-face, personable, and, you know, affable, whatever kind of guy. It's in front of the cameras and smiling and, and you know, flexing and, and having all the personality of Dos Garcia. The guy is just beep boop beep boop the most efficient robot in the history of baseball maybe the most efficient robot in the history of ever and whoever programmed him thank you for whatever whatever chip you installed to make him 
go to the Rangers and to make him destroy every single baseball he ever sees at Globe Life Field. I mean, it's, this is this is the greatest gift. This is the best free agent signing the Rangers have had in a long, long time. Maybe, maybe ever, probably ever. I mean, and especially when you look at what some of the other choices were. I mean, this goes to how good this team has done at building through the margins. And I've even gotten to the quality start, the really good start from Jordan Montgomery, which we'll talk about in just a second. But first, this word from our sponsors. Okay, Locked On Rangers fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes and description to join the app or go to the app store or download and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you are going to love conversations with other Locked On sports fans. Bunches is a place where sports fans can chat. Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches. Go there and connect with other baseball fans. Chat about your favorite team, talk trash to some Astros fans or to some other fans that don't have as good a team as the Rangers that don't have their own baseball robot and Corey Seager, but you can keep up with the latest MLB news. Any questions or comments about today's episode? Chat about it in Locked On MLB, MLB, MLB Bunches, Bunch on Bunches. You can chat about your team every single day. So download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description and show notes to join Locked on MLB Bunch community today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, I'll be recapping this series against the Angels, maybe with a crossover with Locked On Angels. Rangers take on Los Angeles this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, at the time that the Rangers signed Corey Seager, I don't think I've ever been happier with a Rangers move. From the moment it happened, I knew this is this is the move, this is the brilliant move, and not only getting Corey Seager, but also Marcus Simeon, who has also been one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball this year. I think both of those guys, if I'm honest, I'm really hoping they both get top five finishes in MVP voting because they are both incredibly deserving they are if not for Shohei Otani and if not for Corey Seager's injuries I think he would be as clear-cut a front runner of an AL MVP as we've got out there there are some other good players in the American League there is Adley Rutschman who's having a a fine season nobody really on the the Orioles or the Rays is really that much of a clear-cut front runner I mean Kyle Tucker is having unfortunately a very good season and maybe but I mean he's, he's just not anywhere near the level of Corey Seager and Corey Seager signed that 10-year 325 million dollar deal in free agency right right after the Rangers signed Marcus Simeon to a seven-year 175 million dollar deal and a lot of people were talking a lot of trash of wow this Rangers team is so mediocre and they're spending all this money on these players and they're not gonna hit and they're not gonna be any good and they haven't been good and you know they say they're going to contend in 2023 what are they crazy yeah maybe they were or maybe they were prescient maybe they were soothsayers future 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 tellers fortune tellers whatever people who can see the future because Corey Seager has worked out so much better than almost every other big free agent that has been signed for the last few years. You look at the other class of shortstops the last couple years. You have Carlos Correa, you have Trevor Story, Javi Baez. If you want to look at another infielder, Chris Bryant, those were all guys in his fellow free agent class that the Rangers chose not to sign. And I mean, 
what a what a huge huge bullet dodge for the rangers i mean javier baez has just been unconscionably bad which feels kind of um you know predictable that one felt kind of obvious chris bryant has been really really hurt for almost all of his tenure with the rockies so much so that i I kind of forget that he is on the rockies most of the time because you know i don't really watch a whole lot of Rockies games. Sorry uh, to Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies for that predicament. Not not my fault that the Rockies are bad. And Carlos Correa, we, we saw what the whole fiasco was with him and him not getting a big, long deal, I mean, in the 2021 class and then having two different deals fall through with the Mets and the Giants and going back to the Twins and him not being that great this year. I mean, we've seen what that looked like. And then this year, the Rangers were looking ahead and they thought, all right, this is this is our chance to sign those middle infielders in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. This year, you had some star star guys like Trey Turner, who's been absolutely terrible for Philadelphia in an 11 year contract. Xander Bogarts has been uh, mediocre at best offensively. He's been pretty good defensively at shortstop, which is not something that I saw coming. And Dansby Swanson, who is is actually doing pretty well for the Cubs. Maybe they didn't read that one right, but Dansby is making a seven-year, I believe, 180-ish million-dollar deal. Nowhere near, nowhere near um, the ceiling of Corey Seager. But none of these guys are anywhere near the ceiling of Corey Seager. The Rangers just when they make these big splashy moves, it seems like they are making them right. I mean, the moves they made on the margins when they decided to trade for Aroldis Chapman, he's been very, very good with them, deciding to, you know, jump the market early and give up Cole Reagans, who is, I think, will be really good. I think that will be a win-win trade for both the Rangers and the Royals. It's going to sting to see him do really well in a Royals uniform, and all the 18 billion, I I think the Royals are are following the mid-20-teens Orioles model of just getting every former Ranger. Um, but I mean, getting Max Scherzer, we talked about how great he was in his three starts so far with the Rangers. Jordan Montgomery, excellent yet again, just completely dominant against this Angels lineup. And, and Chris Stratton, who's been very, very good for the Rangers despite giving up that home run in today's game. And also, these just players on the margins going when they're going for their stars they they got two great ones in the ones they signed in up the middle they got adolis garcia for cash considerations they got nathaniel Lowe for a slave is Basabe, who has made his major league debut with the rays and maybe he'll be okay but nathaniel Lowe has already won a silver slugger he is a very very consistent middle of the order bat and a now very good defender at first base who can hit lefties and play defense at first base which the rays didn't think that he could do they also got Jonah Heim in a trade for freaking Elvis Andrews at age 35, 6, I think it was. And here Heim is, is a should be a two-time All-Star, if not for uh, the Yankee bump for Jose Trevino last year. And they also got Josh Spores, a former second-round pick of the Dodgers, for a minor league pitcher. And Josh Spores has been an elite back-end of the bullpen guy. I mean, those kinds of moves, and also not to mention drafting Josh Young in the 2019 draft in the first round with one of their first top 10 picks in a while. They made a really great move there, and we'll see if the other top five-ish picks that they, they've got, or I guess just top five guys that they've got in the last three years end up working out. Um, a little 
little concerned about Jack Leiter, but it seems like Chris Young isn't, at least not publicly. Kumar Rocker, I think, will come back next year and will be a fine prospect. I think he still has the highest ceiling of any pitching prospect in the system. And Wyatt Langford just continues to annihilate every single baseball he sees in high A, and who knows how fast he'll breeze through this system. But still, those moves on the margins have been so incredibly good. It feels like there haven't been a whole lot of wrong moves for this Rangers team in building out this this lineup. I mean, we talked about the coaching staff in yesterday's episode about how good Mike Maddox has been, how good the hitting coaching has been all the way up and down through this lineup, and then getting Bruce Bochy as well. I mean, this team just does not make wrong moves, and you could be yelling at me, oh, well, they signed Jacob DeGrom for way too much money, and he's hurt and bad. Well, if they didn't sign Jacob DeGrom, I don't think they would have ended up getting Nathan Eovaldi, who the reason they got Nathan Eovaldi and all these other pretty good starters um, is because they, the reason they got Nathan Evaldi was because they didn't get Michael Conforto, who has been fine and wouldn't be really that much of an upgrade in left field over what the Rangers have. And thank God they ended up missing on Michael Conforto to go and get Nathan Evaldi, who we did get a positive update on his health, which we'll talk about in just a second, and Jordan Montgomery and what he brings to this team. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage, look for the green check to know if the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day on Friday's show. I'll look at what the Rangers are doing on the farm this week. The Rangers take on the Angels. Tomorrow, you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, <clears throat> this Rangers rotation has been incredibly good. This was a great start from Jordan Montgomery, who went six innings of one-run ball. Yet another quality start. This time, he finally got a little bit of run support after getting literally zero run support in six innings against the A's in a 2 nothing loss his last start out, which I really wish the Rangers could have done something there. Otherwise, they could have been, you know, only have one loss in the month of August and have a four and a half game lead over the Astros. But again, that's getting pretty greedy with how incredibly good this team has been, including the starting pitching. Jordan Montgomery, six innings, nine strikeouts, a season high for him. And everything was working in this one. The thing that Jordan Montgomery brings to this rotation is consistency. That is exactly what you want from a guy who is going to be in the middle of your rotation. I don't think he's going to be he's by no means going to be a game one starter, not even a game two starter, maybe game three or game four start. I think he's going to start at least a playoff game for the Rangers unless, Lord forbid, they make it to only the wild card round and get swept in that three-game series, um, then I, I don't think we're going to see Jordan Montgomery at all. But still, the thing that he brings to this team is consistency. Every time he's going out there, he's going to go out there and throw around 80 to 
100 pitches. He only threw 91 in this one and went to six innings of one run ball and got the nine strikeouts. And you just know what you're getting from him every single time out. He is not going to have bad starts very often. He's not going to have almost any blow up starts. And he is going to mix his pitches well, go deep into games, bear down on these guys, and keep you in games no matter what he is doing. And he's just absolutely painting in this game. The amount of called strikes he had was just insane. 15 swings and misses for him in this one. 18 called strikes, 33 called strikes plus whiffs out of 91 pitches thrown. That's more than a third of the pitches he's throwing are either called strikes or swinging strikes. That is really, really excellent stuff for Jordan Montgomery, who is being caught by Jonah Heim, his third catcher in three starts for the Rangers, all of them having very different approaches with him. Uh, he's using a little bit more cutter heavy. The last couple of times out, he was not used his cutter at all in this one and was just so incredibly consistent. This is the kind of guy who the Rangers thought Martin Perez would be this year. Unfortunately, he just wasn't and is relegated into the bullpen. They were kind of hoping this kind of performance-ish from Andrew Heaney. He's had some moments where he's been very good, but not the amount of consistency. This is the same level of consistency they've seen from Dane Dunning, and I know neither of these guys have the sexiest stuff, but I think that consistent, cons consistency is a very admirable quality, very uh, laudable quality in a starting pitcher. Just knowing he's going to go out there and give you basically a quality start every single time out with this offense and this bullpen you take that you take that every single time there's not going to be a bunch of games where he just gets shattered and battered around and that is something that is an admirable quality for a starting pitcher especially a guy in the mid to back end of your rotation that is how you win 100 games in a season having guys like jordan montgomery in your rotation not having guys who are going to get you out of games before your offense can even really get going because this offense does take a little while to get going and jordan montgomery on the hill they're going to have time to get themselves into it, get themselves ahead, and then give Jordan Montgomery a little bit of a cushion because this starting rotation has been incredibly good and consistent and could be getting one of their their best starter back in the next couple weeks. Nathan Diavaldi threw a bullpen today and it was it was going very very well and it seems like it seems like he could be back by September 1st he's been out since July 27th he only threw one game since the all-star break and uh, this one he threw a warp a full warm-up then a couple of innings with rest in between he is likely going to face live hitters in a simulated game in the next couple of days and then there the time trip timetable that he is on it seems like about September 1st is when he's going to be back but the fun thing about this team is that they are very good at baseball and you don't really have to rush him back by any means if he is coming back on september 1st that is going to be a three-game series against the twins and then that series against houston the fourth fifth and sixth of september it would be really nice to have him back for those or if you want to wait and make his first start the next weekend series the eighth ninth and tenth against the a's I would understand that, but then they got a four-game series in Toronto. The series, the the season is going to get a lot tougher for those last three weeks, and the Rangers could really use him. Then give him some some ramp up before the playoffs, so it's not like you're giving him like one start before the playoffs for him to see if he's fully healthy, fully ready to get back into it. But if he's back by September first, I'm really happy with that. I mean, the Rangers go their next two weeks they don't have the toughest schedule they've got three games against the brewers and four games at the twins who 
or swinging a hot bat right now and have a really good pitching staff, that's probably their hardest, one of their hardest series they have left this year. But they got a couple games at the D-backs who are in an absolute free fall and three games at the Mets, who I hope Max Scherzer gets to start one of those games because I know he would love to just stick it to his old team that paid him 30 plus million dollars to not pitch for them. Um, but still, the thing is, this rotation is good, consistent, and reliable, and not having to rush Nathan Eovaldi back is huge. We've seen what he has looked like in years past when he's come back from injury. Sometimes he has not been the same pitcher. We saw that last year. He did not have his same velocity, and that's something that I'm really, really worried about if he comes back too soon that he is just not going to be the same level of effective that he was to start the season. I mean, he was this team's ace. He was on track to contend for the Cy Young. Maybe still will have a top five Cy Young finish. I still think that he is deserving of that. But not having to rush him back because you have six starters in this rotation that you feel at least okay about. I mean, I still feel okay about Martin Perez, even though he is relegated to the bullpen. Or maybe Cody Bradford if they need to call him up. But even if you do have another injury to this rotation, which Lord forbid that happened. The Raiders had enough injuries and enough pitching injuries as well to deal with, um, to have to sustain another one of those. But even if you do, this rotation is deep and consistent and solid. And Jordan Montgomery is a big piece of that. I think we keep forgetting how important he is because he is very unassuming and nothing he does is the flashiest thing in the world, but don't sleep on Jordan Montgomery's importance to this rotation. He is a big part of it. Trading for two starters as opposed to just one was a smart, calculated move by Chris Young, and it's going to hopefully pay a lot of dividends in the playoffs. But you know what does feel like the playoffs is this game. Even though the Rangers made it not a very close game, I got to give a shout out to the people in right field, the Rangers Nation group that was there that was interviewed by Emily Jones during the game that was just rowdy, proud, and loud all game long. And there was another game with the beer, the beer snake game. I don't remember which game exactly that was with those fans in the right field that had the cup snake that went all the way from the top of the section to the bottom of the section, just loud, proud, very excited Rangers fans who, in this game, were chanting, I thought they were chanting overrated to Shohei Otani, which made me a little nervous because the broadcast mics weren't clearly picking up what was going on in right field, which is understandable. There's not usually a whole lot worth listening to in the right field bleachers, but they were actually chanting, come to Texas. And then there was a sign on the broadcast of those right field folks having signs that said, come to Texas when Shohei Otani was up. So um, shout out to them for just making this feel like a playoff game. One of the biggest, I think bugaboos and the biggest pains that people have with this new globe life field is that it's the biggest problem that I've said with it is that it's not the old stadium is that there's no memories in it. It doesn't have character. It just felt like a big shed monument to nothing, which again, having just having the, the roof on it is, is nice and makes the incredible world of difference. And I don't think the Rangers are signing all these great free agents. If they don't have that dome on it, I mean, going to a game at the new stadium in these months of August, when it's 175 degrees outside every single day is a huge, huge plus, but, there's no history. There's no feeling it. There's just nothing. It felt empty because the Rangers haven't won in this stadium until now. I mean, right now they're a, they are 42 and 40 at home. They love playing at home. Corey Seager clearly loves hitting at home. 
This team defends home field incredibly well this year. They're a little bit above 500 on the road and have an incredible winning percentage at home. That's what championship teams do. That's what the best teams do. They, You try and go 500 on the road and absolutely dominate everybody at home. And if this Rangers team ends up with home field advantage in the playoffs, which I don't think that they're going to pass whoever ends up winning the AL East, maybe they will. And I stu- still do think that this team is the best in the American League overall, better than the Astros, better than the Orioles, better than the Rays. Maybe that feels cocky to say, but I think that this team playing at home and having that feeling at home it could get people to kind of turn their thoughts on the shed and stop making as many grill jokes about it i mean the, the jokes are still going to fly on twitter because that's what twitter is for is for making jokes and letting them fly but actually having some rangers history go on in this building having good things happen for the rangers in this building that's what this stadium has been missing there were so many incredible moments at the old stadium the perfect game nolan ryan making history the first playoff game the clinching of the alcs i mean just so many different great things happening at the ballpark in arlington that is just across the street and then you have this shed with some nice amenities, some really nice amenities, but no history and no heart. If the Rangers start winning in this building, if they go on a deep playoff run, I think opinions about this stadium are going to change. And it's going to start to feel like the Rangers' home as opposed to some fancy building where they play in. It's going to start to have some memories, it's going to start to have some feeling associated with this building, which I am very much looking forward to. I, I would rather them slap the dome on the old stadium as opposed to spending a bunch of money on a new one. So you can kind of keep that history, but also have the AC, which was basically the entire point of this new building. But, you know, it's where they are now. It's where they're going to be for a long time. And even though it has the dumbest, most annoying name of Globe Life Field, so incredibly boring, if they start to win there, it doesn't matter if it's a literal grill that they're playing inside of. It will start to feel like a home, and I am so incredibly ready for a real playoff atmosphere. Shout out to the fans for making it feel like a playoff atmosphere tonight and hopefully we'll keep making it feel like a playoff atmosphere as this team chases its first AOS title since 2016. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. Follow the show at Lockdown Rangers and subscribe on YouTube. That's going to do it. Until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.